So yeah, we'll just ramble and talk and yeah. Hello, you're listening to MageCast SideQuests, a podcast by the ABXY Mage and an ever-changing party of mages that discusses the many aspects of video games. This band of games writers focused on in-depth and long-form critique can be found on WordPress at thewellreadmage.com and on Twitter at thewellreadmage. Crowdfunding support makes possible the Well Red Mage, MageCast, and MageCast SideQuests. To support our Patreon campaign and our future vision, as well as see exclusives and rewards, visit patreon.com slash thewellreadmage. Like, follow, share, subscribe, and please leave us a review. And now, let the quest begin. Hello, I'm the ABXY Mage, and welcome to the premiere episode of MageCast SideQuests. Um, I'm going to let my esteemed first guest introduce himself. If you would Who's like that? <laughs> if you have an esteemed guest? Uh, yes, my... I was not... I, I, I was told that I would be the only guest. <laughs> or is it me that you're talking about? I meant the anti-steam guest. The anti-steam... Oh, that's true, because actually I hate steam. Like the, the vapor, not the platform on a PC. <laughs> My name is Moses Norton, a.k.a. The Well-Read Mage. How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? <sighs> red, that's the sound red, of, of red, crickets. Red. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that was good for the ego. Um, I, it's a pleasure to be here. This is a monumentous. I mean, like, don't, don't, dude, don't, don't play yourself too low, okay? This is a monumentous occasion. This is the first podcast you've ever done, like, led. That is true. Right? Yep. Yeah, unless you've done other podcasts in the past. I, I actually didn't ask. I just assumed you'd never done a I podcast. secretly debuted like a hundred in the last couple of weeks. Are you actually Joe Rogan? Yes. Oh, see, I had that Rogan y. Ah, never mind. I don't know where that <laughs> sentence was going. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is, yeah, this is an extremely cool thing because now we're launching sort of uh, this whole other audio branch of the Well-Read Mage. So, I mean, I don't want to talk about it because it's, it's kind of your brainchild. I mean, I was going to ask you, why did you even want to do this? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I was actually listening to a radio show driving home from work and they were talking about growing their own brand and branching out, um, and kind of the same thing, looking for other people to bring in to fill up other times during the day when they weren't on. <clears throat> and I thought, I wish the well-read mage would do that so that I could have more to listen to. That's good. And what is that saying? Uh, create the kind of content that you want to see. Right, exactly. So at, at first, it wasn't even really an idea of, hey, this is something I want to do. At first, it was just, wouldn't it be great if there was more MageCast? If there was more good games discussion, game-related discussion to listen to? And, you know... MageCast is really focused on a single game each episode and taking a really in-depth look at it. 
So I thought that leaves a lot of room for other things to be explored, other avenues and other formats, ways to look at games. And then the more I thought about it and started talking to you about it, it kind of made sense to try and do it myself. Nice. And this is, not, and I'm not that I'm going to be interviewing you this entire time, but this is called Side Quests. And you came up with that, right? Yeah. As I recall? Yep. Okay. I'm not going to take credit for it then. I almost <laughs> was going to try to, but if you remembered, then I was like, darn it. It was part of the initial pitch. You're right. I do remember that. Uh, and which I thought was a really cool idea for a podcast, uh, especially a supplemental podcast and that's kind of your vision for this right is is uh it's something that comes alongside it's something that augments uh augments isn't the right word <laughs> it complements that's a better word augments because it like plus three fire damage <laughs> yeah or something stupid that's stupid yeah so um yeah that was that was my my vision of it was to you know, probably have shorter, more, uh, more digestible episodes. Uh, so even if an episode tends to be a little longer, break it up into to multiple parts, uh, perhaps. Um, but yeah, just something to kind of to complement the the mage cast that already exists, uh, and something else for people to listen to. So today we're going to be talking about. Video game music. Yes. Which I know is something so that you are, are very interested and fond of. I am. I love video game music. Uh, yeah, we've got a, a contributor by the name of the Optimistically Sentimental Alabaster Mage. And yes, I did have to look that up just now to remember the name. Uh, who wrote about uh, video game music recently. And how there's a prolonged sort of stigma against it that it's not real music, um, it's not uh, acceptable music in some spheres to some people, the suggestion went. Um, I think at best, it's probably just going to be confused with classical music by people that overhear video game music and aren't familiar with it. Um but then that's, you know, that's going to be the orchestral stuff, of course. I mean, if they're hearing, like, <clears throat> you know, Death by Glamour from Undertale, they're probably not going to be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like Strauss. You know, it <laughs> sounds a little more... I don't think anybody's going to be referencing Strauss. Well, I hate, I do every day, <laughs> so speak for yourself, young man. <laughs> but I don't uh, think the kind of person who's going to confuse video game music for classical music is going to reference Strauss. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so not all of a video game music, um, sort of falls into that. Is it classical category? Um, because, because video game music is broad and I applaud you for picking such a broad, uh, rich subject as video game music for your debut episode. um, because it is such a huge topic, I'm sure it's something that's easy to get lost in. But I know you have several points that you want to cover. Yeah, certainly it's easy to get lost in. I could talk about almost any kind of music near endlessly. So, Hey, and we should test that sometime. We should have like a charity 
a charity podcast that's live and it's just you talking about music for as long as you possibly can <laughs> without interruption, like a 48 hour live podcast. <laughs> I could only do it if there were actually other people to talk to oh, interact okay. with. I don't think I could just speak on it. Okay. Endlessly. To clarify. Okay. I could be there and just like feed you questions. So what do you think about Strauss? You know, and then you just keep going. <laughs> I, uh, funny side story at work the other day, I was listening to Hank Mobley, who's a jazz saxophonist. And a woman came in and asked if I was listening to Beethoven. <laughs> so. A jazz saxophonist <laughs> are you listening to beethoven yeah, uh, yeah so i think that that's the sort of person that's going to ask ridiculous music questions uh and given like i referenced you know the alabaster mages stuff i mean some people confuse video games video game music with other kinds of music but if you're going to be confusing saxophone jazz with beethoven then <laughs> it's not video game music's fault <laughs> you know yeah, it uh that is pretty funny. I've got some trivia here for you related to related to the history of video game music. Okay, and this is these are questions that I've never heard before, right? Like these are this is like surprise trivia like off the cuff stuff. Am I allowed to Google? Uh no. Okay. It's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna be I will do my best. Okay. Are you ready? I am. All right. Can you name the first video game to have continuous music playing in it? The first video game to have continuous music playing in it. So by continuous, you mean like the whole the whole time, right? Right. Like okay, from right because uh, I'm thinking as in like continuous. Pac-Man. Okay, right, which that's what that word means, right? This is me buying for time as I'm trying to like, think of the answer. Because I know Pac-Man, I think, was the first to have like a music jingle in it like that was longer than like a second or two. This is that... And then it had the... Uh, Spot on. It had the... Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was practicing all day. It had the... Um, that um, the intermission thing, which I can't do that one because I don't remember how it sounds. But continuous, dang it. Um, okay, can I ask for hints? Yes. Okay, is it on the C sixty four? No. Is it? On I mean, it, any... it, it may have been ported on it, but I'm not sure. Okay, so it was an arcade game. Correct. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, after all that, is it pole position? It is not. Oh, darn it. That's the only guess I could get. It was 1978. Uh, that's a long time ago. Space Invaders. <laughs> Space Invaders. Really? Yep. I actually can't think of what that music sounds like. It's terrible. I actually oh. had to look it up before we started recording because I couldn't remember what it sounded like. And it's like, do, do, do. Do, 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 do. That's it, the whole time. Oh, and that's like their march. Like, do they move to like every, every Yeah, day? I think so. But I think they speed up right. later yeah. on. Uh, it's been a long time since I've played Space Invaders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the last time I played it, I didn't recall it having music. I didn't either, actually. That's part of the reason why I had to look it up, because I was thinking, is that true? 
But that's because you don't really notice that repetitive, monotonous four-note beat while you're shooting, because that there's other sound effects while you're shooting. And... Right. And it almost, I'm sure, sounds like a sound effect, too. Uh, yeah, essentially. It's because yeah. the re- constrictions of the, the sound abilities, then, yeah. Mm. So, uh, so that was the first... As horrible as it was, that was the first one. <laughs> I was like, please start with an easy one. And then you're like, name the first game from 1970. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> well, that I feel like so, that's typical trivia. First game with continue. But at the same time, I didn't know it either. So I don't know. Okay. But well, so red zero. We're just we'll put it at that. Okay. We'll see if I can get one. <laughs> there, There's a few there. Almost none of them are easy. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, that's good. (laughs) There'll be some later, later that'll be easier. But so uh, in 1980, the first game with a continuous melody. Can you name that game? The first game with a continuous melody. I'm going to say pole position for all of these questions. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let me try and narrow it down again. This is an arcade game. Yeah, I think so. Originally an arcade game. I had never. Can you give me like the first letter? R. And it is also a car game. Like like you said, pole position. It is also a car game. Oh man, you've probably never heard of it. We can move right through this one. Okay. All right. What is it? (laughs) It's Rally X. Oh, I've heard of Rally X. Yeah, I I would not have said Rally X (laughs) at all. It's also bad. I had never heard of it. I had to look it up. Terrible. Very repetitive. It's maybe six notes, maybe eight. Oh, nice. Yeah. But yeah. It's a continuous melody. Yeah. So, uh, this first, I'll just tell you this one. This isn't, no one would know this. So the first game with eight channel sound was an arcade game in 1980 called Carnival. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was going to guess pole position. And you think like... <laughs> Okay, so here's the trivia question so that we can compare the two for for comparison. I sound like an idiot. So, <laughs> <laughs> how many channels did the Atari 2600, which was released in 77, have? Okay, and I have an Atari 2600, uh, and it sounds like one, or maybe half of one, but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm going to guess four. It is two. Ah, oh, darn it. I was like halfway there with my one kick. Yeah, that that thing sounds like garbage. But yeah. It's old. It's an old system. So then in 1980, you Full had eight control. channel sound, which, I mean, that's four times better. That seems insane. Hor- it's horrible. I looked it up. The game's called Carnival. The song is just an awful, like, digital calliope still just repeats over and over and over again you should you should totally you should totally play like a snippet of each of these during this podcast while we're talking yeah just like just in the background just a little that's not a bad it's not what it sounds like i'll just play you doing that through the background okay (laughs) what they all sound like So you mentioned the uh, the Commodore sixty four. 
That was Good old C64. That was the first four channel home console. Okay. Which I've never played one before. Have you? I have. That's actually the first thing um, I ever remember playing on. Oh, really? First... Like when you were a kid? Yeah. When I was a kid, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I always thought it was just a computer, uh, like a PC. But um, as I got older and started writing about video games, I was like, oh, that's what that was. Um, my friend's dad had one, and I think my dad might have had one. Um, it was a cool little system, and there were a lot of fun games you know, at the time that I played on there. Um, and I still remember games like Zack McCracken and uh, Maniac Mansion, I think, that I used to play on there. But, um, yeah. And then the NES was the one that I, like, took ownership of. It was like, this is my generation's console, you know. But the C64 was cool. They're actually putting out a Commodore 64 Mini, I believe, a classic edition. Really? Um, it's going to have, like, 108 games or something like that on there. I was going to guess 64. 64, and that would have been smart, but I don't think that's what they're doing. Well, not if you like could fit 110, because then more people would buy it. Right, yeah. The 64, I mean... I can't imagine this... I would enjoy a hundred over 100 Commodore 64 games. There can't be that many that are still worth playing. This is blasphemy, I'm sure, to be saying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to cut this out of the episode. No, no, cut nothing. I can't imagine wanting to play over a hundred games for the Commodore 64. Let me see. Have you ever, so have you ever played the the Commodore 64? Never. I've, I've never even seen one in person. Oh man. It's basically like a keyboard. See, I'm looking at one right now. This is, I mean, I know what they look like, but I've never seen one in front of me. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think it looks sweet, (laughs) but yeah, it probably, it has some, uh, oh, look, and it says add your own games to this. I need to buy this. <laughs> it's got, let me see if I recognize a single game on here. Nope. <laughs> so, but it's got a, a ton of games on it, though. So, I mean, who wouldn't want to play something like Super Cycle or Fire Lord? That sounds amazing. Fire Lord. Fire Lord. That sounds like. Yeah. What's the game in The Simpsons? Bone Storm. <laughs> it's Fire got Boulder Lord. Dash. I've heard of Boulder Dash. Oh, Boulder Dash for the NES. I played like I had a friend when I was in first grade, and I was basically only friends with him because I wanted him to invite me over to his house so I could play Boulder Dash. Uh, and that's the way it is. That's yeah. When you're a kid, strategize who your friends are based I on their it hardware. So bad. It's got California games on it. That was on the NES. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's got some old stuff. Uh, I would love to have this just to say, like, dude, I can play C64 games. If you can add stuff to it, then, dude, you can add some of those old adventure games. Like, seriously, if you got an N- uh, a C64, excuse me, not an N64, <laughs> very, very different, uh, then you could play Zack McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders, which is a really hilarious, great point-and-click adventure game. Um, yeah. Anyways little c64 tangent there I, i'm not against playing it. i would i would play it 
Yeah. I would be more likely to play a classic edition where I didn't have to fool with cassette tapes and all that. But Man, yeah. Uh, but the reason I brought up the Commodore 64, uh, besides it being the first four-channel home console, one of the few things that I've heard about it is uh, praising its music, its, hmm. its sound system, uh, which I also think is interesting. It was only a year later when the Famicom came out, which was five channels, which is the NES, of course. Hang on. Hey, real quick. Can you insert this? Like, I know the perfect C64 song that you could play a snippet of. Because when you said the C64 has, like, great, is known for having great music, I was like, is that actually true? Like, can I think of one? And then I was like, I can think of one. And I think you would totally dig this, so I actually want to, like, let me, like, we could pause this for a second. Let me just send this to you. Yeah, you gotta listen to that gold right there. Oh, that's a jam. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, it's sweet, huh? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Can't believe I've never heard this before. Aw, oh, dude, you gotta play that game. Video game music actually became so popular in Japan that in the late 80s they started sell it was when they started selling soundtracks for video games. Wow, um, in the late 80s cassettes. already. Yeah. Wow. I bet those would be worth a lot of money if you could find one. I would imagine so, although I hate cassettes, so. Yeah. Cassettes are like super nostalgic for a lot of people, um me included, but not a fan of playing a cassette. No, and you would have to worry. I guess that's with anything. You'd have to worry every time you played it if you were going to ruin it somehow. Yeah. Is this the last time I'll ever hear <laughs> this music? <laughs> I'd like to know what the first... I couldn't find it. I tried. I'd like to know the very first one that someone was like, you know what, let's just put this out and sell it. People will buy it. Mm, the very first commercially sold video game music. Which one were they just so confident in? Uh, maybe it was that Zach McCracken and the Alien Miners. <laughs> <laughs> Except that was Western. So you're saying not all composers are Japanese composers? No. <laughs> to reference a YouTube <laughs> comment that it looked like I received, but actually you received, for the last TWRM radio entry, right? Some guy was like, you know, there's more than just Western, or than just uh, Japanese composers, right? I loved your response. You were just like, yeah, those poor, underrepresented white Western composers. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's such a silly comment, man. Yeah, it was, was yeah, so completely pointless. Yeah. There's so much There's so much Japanese composers' music that it's kind of a moot point, but even then, I mean, it, all, all video game music is beautiful. I mean, some of it's not, but most of... Okay, I'll say most video game music is beautiful, and video game music is something to celebrate, and not just be like, oh, where's the Westerns? Yeah, there's a lot more Western composers now than there used to be, but in all of time, as we previously discussed, there just happened to have been more Japanese. Right, 
And if you think about it, too, I mean, like, video games in the West kind of starting off originally, you know, C64 and Atari and all that, but there wasn't a whole lot of music back then. And then Nintendo was the one to research uh, video games in the West, but they were Japanese, and they were the ones that sort of made music like a thing in video games, popularly, popularly, I don't know how you phrase that but popularity of video game music due to nintendo kind of bringing it back and then going from there and then of course you have sony you know and microsoft is still there but sony and nintendo are huge so so uh that actually goes perfectly into what i wanted to talk about next which were um some of the bigger early composers And as you mentioned, of course, that's going to start with Nintendo. Oh, Uh, yes. Like you said, Nintendo really, I mean, not only did they save video games, they brought video game, the importance of video game music to video games. Thank you for joining us for MageCast SideQuests. If you enjoyed listening, please like, share, and leave us a comment. Also, be sure to check out MageCast, an ensemble podcast hosted by the Well-Read Mage. To support this podcast and future content, visit us at patreon.com slash thewellreadmage. Guts, the theme song for side quests, was composed by Russell Gordon, the Iron Mage. I'm the ABXY Mage, and you can find me on Twitter at ABXY underscore reviews and at thewellreadmage.com. This quest may be complete, but more await beyond the horizon.